Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, today we are continuing in our series that we are really excited about called Engage. And we've been talking about the spiritual armor of God. And uh, today I have a very, very special treat that I know that many of you are excited to learn about. And that is my better half, Michelle, who's going to come and bring today's message. It's a message that God just really put on her heart as it relates to this specific piece of armor that we're talking about related to the armor of God. So with that said, let's get ready. Open our hearts, open our ears, get ready to receive what God has for us. All right, bring the word, Michelle. Amen, amen. Well, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much. Welcome. And this weekend is Veterans Day weekend. Do we have any veterans that have served in our armed forces in the house? Would you stand so that we can honor? Hey, Rusty, stand so that we can honor you today. Thank you so, so much for your service to our country. We could not stand here today. We could not be in a public school worshiping Jesus if it were not for you. So thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. We love you. We appreciate you. We honor you today. Yes. Yes. We love our veterans. Today, as Pastor Rodney said, we are continuing our series, Engage, How to Fight the Spiritual Battles That We Face on a Daily Basis. And today, I'm talking to you about the helmet of salvation. So would you pray with me before we begin? Father, I pray that you would speak powerfully through your word today, God. We have an enemy that is out to kill, steal, and destroy, but you've come to give us life and life to the full. So, Father, would you speak to us your truth today through your word. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I know Pastor Rodney mentioned a couple of weeks ago about a situation that I had and that I'm not very athletic. Does anybody remember that situation that he talked about? You know, I, had no, I could not say anything. I'm sitting over here on the front row. I can't interrupt him. But I was like, oh, my goodness, he just threw me under the bus. But it's true. It's true. I don't have an athletic bone in my body. Now, I like to think that I do, and I love to have fun at sports. But sometimes it causes me some problems because I'm just not that athletic. Uh, now, now, I know how to do directions. I know how to do math. I'm, I'm, you know, I can do those kind of things. I know a little bit about music. I'm, I can do those things. But being an athlete is just not my thing. Anybody else in the, in the house today? Being an athlete is just not your thing. I can remember... Another situation at youth camp, so when we say youth camp, I'm talking about Rethink Life Youth Camp, 
and I'm adult, I'm in an adult, probably in my 40s, and we go to camp, and we're just having the best time at summer camp, and we're in Georgia, out on a field playing volleyball, okay? Now, volleyball is like my worst nightmare, other than dodgeball. I have what I like to refer to as a magnet in my head for balls, they love to come at me, whether I'm, you know, watch, watching my kids play basketball when they were growing up, the, the basketball would always come at me when I was walking down the side of the court. Anybody else? I, it just happens. I, I was watching my daughter play tennis one time, and the baseball field is across the way, and a ball comes flying over the fence over to where I'm watching her play tennis. It's just that bad. You know what I'm saying? So back to my story, I'm out playing volleyball with the kids, just, you know, digging in the dirt with them. I'm having the best time at youth camp, just playing, having a great time. When all of a sudden I'm out on the, the volleyball field, it's outside, and a ball just comes straight for me and just nails me in the head. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I've got my sunglasses on. They go flying off and they break. And, and, uh, and then I start to get this massive headache. And so someone can, notices that I'm not doing so well. It's like the camp nurse. And she said, Michelle, do you need some Tylenol? I said, yeah, I think I need some Tylenol. So she runs to get some Tylenol. And I get back out on the field. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show the kids that I can be young and have fun with them. And I can be athletic. And so when she comes back, I'm out on the field. We're in the game of volleyball. Okay, so I look to her, and I'm reaching for the Tylenol. Guess what happens? I don't have my eye on the ball. No, and the ball nails me on the side of the head. I'm like, I'm done. I am done. I think somebody was trying to get me that day. <laughs> but you know what? I wish there was some sort of helmet for those of us that are not athletically inclined and have this ball magnet in our head because we know that the ball's coming, but we just don't have a way to protect ourselves. Well, you know what? In the spiritual life, we learn very quickly as Christians, as Pastor Rodney told us, that it is not a playground. It is a battleground that we are in, and we need a helmet to protect ourselves from what Pastor Rodney talked about last week, the arrows that are coming, the fiery arrows that are coming at us every single day that we are in this spiritual battle. Let me say, if you're not serious about the Lord, if you're not serious about living for Him, then you may not be getting as many arrows. But if you're serious about living for God. The enemy wants to take you down. And what is the easiest spot for him to get to if we don't have our helmet on? The helmet of salvation that Paul referred to. It is our head. It is our mind. It is our brain. It is the battlefield of the mind. And he is looking at ways that he can get to your mind because he knows if he can just get a shot in there he can take you down when that ball hit me on the side it, it literally brought me to my knees I was not ready I was obviously not prepared I did not have any protection around me I love the scripture that we're referring to it's Ephesians six ten through 17 it says a final word to you in the, to be strong in the Lord 
and in his mighty power. So this is Paul speaking to us from a Roman prison. He's chained to a Roman guard, okay? Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So here it is. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. If you've missed the first few pieces of the armor, make sure to go back and watch on YouTube or listen on our podcast, okay? You need to know about every piece of God's armor. We need it all. So that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Do you think we're in a time of evil? I think we're in a time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. I want to stand firm. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. The body armor of God's righteousness. The shoes that come from the gospel, the good news of peace. And you will be fully prepared. And then he says, in addition to all of these. We talked about it last week. Put up the shield of faith, right? So that you can stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I love this analogy that Paul gives us as he's standing there chained to a Roman soldier and he's looking at what he's dressed in. He's saying that we've got to be dressed and ready because the enemy is going to attack us. Who is our enemy? I did some research this week of the name of our enemy. The devil Do you know that that name means accuser? Do you ever feel accused by the enemy? Satan, that name means adversary. That's his literal name. And this is what Jesus said about Satan. He said that he's a deceiver and a liar. John 8, 44 says, He never stood with the truth. This is Jesus talking about Satan. For he's full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. This is the language he speaks. He speaks lies. He is a master of deception, and he is the father of lies. This is our enemy, and he's coming at our mind. Does this make sense? That he is coming at our mind. His target is your mind and his weapon is lies. He did this from the very beginning with Eve. In 2 Corinthians eleven three. it says, But now I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's, what, clever lies, that your thoughts may be corrupted and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love of Christ. The enemy is out to take our single-hearted devotion and love of Christ. We have to be aware of that because God has called us for such a time as this. He needs us to be single-hearted and devoted to him. Anybody with me this morning? 
He needs us. He needs our single-hearted devotion to him. I want to show you the helmet of salvation that Paul was referring to. This is a Roman helmet. Isn't that interesting looking? Can everybody see it? Look at that red plume across the top. There are two things about the Roman helmet that we need to remember when it comes to our identity in Christ. And that is, that is, number one, it's our identity. The red plume on the top, sometimes it went across the top like that. Sometimes it went over side to side. Sometimes it was a different color. It identified what kind of soldier that it was and what kind of rank they were and what squad they were in. The way that the, the helmet was designed was to give that soldier identity. So when Paul looked at that soldier, he knew what rank he was and what squad he was. He knew the identity of that soldier. And number two, obviously, the helmet is there to give us security. Security for the mind and the brain. So when that soldier went out to fight, look at how secure his mind was. All around, all the back, down the sides, he was protected with the helmet. And Paul is saying to us, the helmet of salvation for a Christian, it's all about our identity in Christ and our security in Christ. If we don't have those two things in our life, if we don't know who we are in Christ, that we are loved, that we are valuable, that we are capable, that we are forgivable, then we cannot stand. We cannot stand when the enemy's lies come against us. We have to know who we are in Christ. And he gives us this helmet of salvation and also to protect us, to give us security. In this culture that we live, how much do we need to be secure in Christ? We need to be secure in who we are. We need to know who we are in Christ, which is found in the Word of God. And we need to walk securely in Christ, our mind at rest and at ease and at peace with the salvation of Jesus Christ as our helmet. We need identity and we need security. As we had our children up here earlier, don't you think in our culture in which we live, we need to train up our children in the way they should go so that they are secure in their identity and they are secure in Jesus. Aren't you thankful for our Life Kids ministry that every single Sunday they are not just babysitting, they are raising up our future leaders. They are telling them who they are in Christ. That's right. Their identity and their security can be found in Christ. And that's what this helmet is all about. It's our identity and our security. What is salvation? It's defined as this, God's life-changing power to transform. God's life-changing power to transform. Aren't you thankful for that? How many of you have been transformed by God's life-changing power? Amen. That's, that's, where, that's why we're here today. <laughs> Just so you know, our mission here at Rethink Life is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ so they can be transformed, that you and I can be transformed. That's why we do what we do. I want to explain something to you. I have another picture right here. This is really interesting, and I've been diving into it this week. It's really helped me. Uh, and I, I've been a, a Christian for a long time. 
but I don't know that I completely understood what I'm going to talk to you about today. It's been enlightening to me to be really diving into this today. We have our spirit. That's our heart. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you experience salvation, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in your heart. And he transforms you. The Bible says that we are a new creation, created in Christ Jesus. He gives us a new heart. He takes away the old heart, the sin of our life, and he gives us a new heart. That is our spirit. Now, there's, we're a triune being because we are created in the image of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are three parts to God, and we are created in his image, the Bible tells us. We are three parts. We are spirit, soul, and body, just like God is. So we have our spirit that is saved when we give our life to Jesus Christ. God is in the saving business. Now, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, we won't walk out of here today without giving you the opportunity to do that. Because that's the first thing. When we have to give our lives to Christ, that is salvation. In fact, that's our first salvation. And then our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. It is the seat of intellect. It is our beliefs. That's what we're talking about today. The helmet of salvation protects our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then guess what follows our mind, our will, and our emotions, and our beliefs? Our body, this physical body that we call a tent, right? That we're living in right now. But when we go to heaven, we get a new body. We get a transformed body. When we get a perfect body, when we get to heaven. But this is the body in which we live. So our spirit is where the Holy Spirit lives if we have been saved, if we've given our life to Christ. Then we have our soul, mind, will, emotions, our beliefs is in our, our soul. And then our body follows the soul. So our prayer is that our soul is following our spirit. But see, our spirit is what's saved, not our, not our mind. Our mind has to be what the Bible says is transformed, right? Remember what I said that salvation is defined. It is God's cha life-changing power to transform you. He transforms our spirit by giving us the Holy Spirit to live within us. But we are daily to transform our mind. We need to daily transform our mind. And that is in Romans 12, 2, one of my favorite scriptures of all time. In fact, it is why we named our church Rethink Life. Did you know that? Romans 12, 2. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you by changing the way you, that's right. So God is going to transform us by changing the way we think. Then we will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we not only have to receive the salvation of our heart, but we need to submit our mind, our will, our emotions, our beliefs to our life-changing God that can transform the way that we think so that we can accomplish his good and pleasing will. Does that make sense? That was revelation to me 
That was revelation to me because when we sit in this service on a Sunday morning, maybe last week someone prayed to receive Christ or maybe two months ago at the end of service you, you raised your hand with Pastor Rodney and you said, yes, I prayed that prayer. I accepted the forgiveness of my sin. I accepted that Jesus died on a cross. He was buried and he rose again for me. I accept new life and I accept the Holy Spirit to come to live within me. And I believe that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. But on Monday morning, you get put back out into the world and you're like, why am I feeling these feelings? Why am I thinking these thoughts? I gave my life to Jesus. Well, the bottom line is, is we have, as Christians, we got a job to do as well. We've got to renew our minds and transform our minds. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? I've got four easy steps for you to remember today, okay? The Bible is very clear. The Bible actually tells us that we're supposed to work out our salvation. Did you know it says that in Philippians? That we're to work out our salvation. So salvation is a free gift, no doubt. It is a free gift. I believe that with all of my heart. That's what the Bible says. There's nothing we can do to deserve it or earn it. There's no religious thing that we can do to receive that free gift of salvation of our soul. But the Bible also says that we're supposed to work out our salvation. We got to work it out. If I could do my, show my mind doing that. We got to work it out. We've got to grow our salvation. We just can't sit back and say, okay, God, you save me. Now just take care of everything else in my life. Just take care of it. No, we got to do something. Are you with me? We got to do something. We got to work it out. So the enemy will try to confuse us. He's the father of lies. Remember, he's got all of those lies, those fiery darts coming at us. And our minds, we can be depressed. We can be discouraged. We can have worry. We can have anxiety. We can have sinful thoughts in our minds, right? And the evil one, he's just shooting those arrows at us nonstop, especially if you think you're going to do something for God. He's going to try to take you down at the center of your being, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your beliefs. So we have to be aware of his tactics in our life, that he is a liar He's the father of lies, the Bible tells us. So what can we do to protect our minds from the fiery darts, the fiery arrows of the enemy that Pastor Rodney talked about last night? We put on the helmet of salvation every single day. We got to put on our identity in Christ. We got to put on our security in Christ every single day. Now, how do we do that? Are you ready? I got to do this fast, okay? So number one, you got to expect it you got to expect that the enemy's going to shoot an arrow at you. you got to expect it. you got to anticipate it. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for the, your enemy, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone that he can devour, looking for someone he can just take out today. 
right? Stay alert. The enemy knows that you are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do the great things that he planned for you long before you were ever born. He knows that, but he's going to lie to you and try to take you down. If you don't know for sure that you are his masterpiece, we can expect that the enemy does not want you to do the great works that God has planned for you long before you were born. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. You are the son and daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the enemy doesn't want you to remember that. He doesn't want you to remember that you are his masterpiece. He wants, doesn't want you to live with great intention and eternal purpose on your life and calling and favor and blessing on your life. No, he wants to confuse you. He wants to cause you worry and anxiety and stress in your life. Do you ever feel that? Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Just a few of you out there feel that. We live in a crazy world, a crazy world, and the enemy's having a heyday with his lies. He's having a heyday with his arrows at his believers, trying to silence them and take them down. But we're going to stand up against the enemy. We're going to expect what he's going to do. Ephesians 5.15 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those are wise. We're going to expect it. We're going to expect it. We're going to know. When I get out of my bed in the morning, I put my feet on the ground. I'm going to expect that the enemy's coming at me. I'm not going to live negatively or fearful, but I'm going to expect it. I'm going to anticipate it. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to be careful how I live. Number two, I'm going to detect it when it comes. When the fiery arrow comes, we've got to think about what we're thinking about. Did you hear me? We've got to think about what we're thinking about. We can't just let our minds run wild. And think any thought that just comes to our mind. Getting frustrated, getting angry, getting disappointed, getting anxious, getting worried, getting depressed. We got to think about it. What am I thinking right now? What am I thinking when I see that person? Do they make me so upset because they disappointed me? Well, that's a fiery attack from the evil one because that's not the kind of peace of mind that God wants me to have. That's not the kind of identity he wants me walking around with. That's not the kind of security of salvation he wants me walking around with in my life. I got to think about what I'm thinking about. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as he's thinking, his mind, his will, his emotions, his beliefs, that is who he is. That's who you're going to walk it out in your body. That's what the actions that you take. It's what you believe in your heart and your mind. So we've got to detect the lies. We have to be intentional in guarding our minds. What have we opened our minds up to in our life? Who are you hanging out with? What are they speaking over your life? What are you reading? What is, it, what is coming into your heart and mind? What are we listening to? What podcasts are you listening to? What music are you listening to? Is it filling your mind with the truth or is it filling your mind with lies of the evil one? 
What are we mindlessly scrolling through on our social media? Come on, somebody. Mindlessly scrolling through, just accepting it into our heart and to our mind, what the culture is bringing to us, just mindlessly taking it all in. What is the anger that you're rehearsing over and over in your mind against that person that hurt you, that person that dis- disappointed you, that didn't act the way you thought they should have act- acted towards you, and you're holding it against them? They're not even thinking about you. But you're holding on to that anger. It's a fiery arrow from the enemy. What are the things that have been spoken over us that we just can't let go of? Maybe even as a child. Something that was spoken over your life. And you rehearse it over and over in your mind. If it does not align with God's word and what he, who he says you are, that you're loved, valuable, forgivable, capable, then it is a lie from the enemy. And you got to detect it in your life that this is not God speaking to me. This is not the truth speaking to me. I detect it. It's a lie from the enemy. One of the most important conversations you will have every single day is the conversation you have with yourself. Over and over and over He can plant a seed, but we get to choose what we do with it, right? We make the choice to think about it over and over. Do you find yourself saying, oh gosh, I I, I don't think I can do that. Uh, I I can't, I I don't even think that they really love me anymore. I I, I don't know. I don't know what my boss is thinking. I, I'm just so confused right now. I'm so frustrated. Right, that that is just over and over the th- conversation that we have with ourselves. Hebrews twelve one says, "You must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's race." I think this is the one that gets me the most. I don't know about you. But the conversation I have with myself, it's my choice. I choose how I'm going to spend my time, what I'm going to be thinking about. And I am praying that God will give me victory in this area. That when I'm frustrated or I get disappointed, I can just let it go. Let it go. Do the corrections that need to happen, but let it go. Your life will always follow the direction of your strongest thoughts. It will always follow. So if it's negative, if you believe the lies from the past that have been spoken over you, labels that have been put on you, that you will never measure up to anything, or that you're shy and you can't speak, or that you're not that talented uh, in this area, or you, you didn't get uh, 120 on your exam, <laughs> That was supposed to be 100, but you got 105, and you just weren't good enough to get that scholarship. Well, that's a lie from the enemy. You're amazing. Let me just tell you. Detect it. Detect it. And don't let it go over and over in your mind because you will always follow your strongest thoughts. If you can't detect it, you can't defeat it in your mind. If you can't detect it, you can't defeat it. Shall we pray over our lights? Oh my gosh, Lord Jesus, shine your light in our soul today. (laughs) We need your light. How do we defeat it? Number three, we reject the lies of the enemy. 
We reject it, right? So we expect it, we detect it, and we reject it. That is not truth. We reject it. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Obedient to what Jesus says about me. We detect it and we reject it. You know, we just cannot allow the enemy, to continue to throw his darts at us, and we keep it. You know, Pastor Rodney's talked about in the past, the rats that run around in our heads, the addict of our minds. We had rats one time in our house, and we finally got rid of them. They pulled out this big old rat from the, the ceiling of our house. I couldn't believe it. But we make that an acronym, really awful thoughts. Rats, really awful thoughts. We just allow running around in our heads. We reject them. You know, recently we moved to Alligator Lake. Anybody know where Alligator Lake is? Oh, yeah, we got some Alligator Lake fans. <laughs> That's awesome. We had no idea uh, Alligator Lake. We just, if God just showed us a home and we were like, wow, this could be amazing. So we bought this home out down in St. Cloud on Alligator Lake. It is on the south side of the lake. And we've learned over time that you have to demuck your lake front if you live on the lakefront. This is our first time to live on a lakefront. So we've learned that there's a, an issue that you have to clean out all the weeds, all the things that are growing at the, on your lakefront. And it's more common on the south side than it is on the north side. So we got a lot of muck what I like to call yuck, <laughs> down at our lakefront. So we're going to have someone come help us clean, demuck the yuck out of our lakefront. You know that that muck can get like that deep underneath the water? You see all the weeds up on the top, but underneath the surface of the water, the muck can be like that. That's yuck. That is yuck. You don't want to be walking through the muck, right? Because you can get stuck in the muck. We got to demuck the yuck out of our minds. We got to reject it. We got to get it out. We got to demolish it. We got to take it down. Life is not a chance, it's a choice. We get a choice to do this. Remember, the Holy Spirit saves our soul. But what are we going to do about the mind? Tomorrow morning, what are we going to do about the mind? We got to reject the yuck. We got to demuck the yuck out of our mind. We can choose to cast those thoughts out of our mind. James 4, 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Do you believe it? The liar, the accuser. The adversary, the Bible says, resist him and he will flee from you. Resist those thoughts. Reject those thoughts. Demuck the yuck in your brain. God says, God, say, God, I am sorry for this unforgiveness that is in my heart and in my mind. I reject it. I give it to you. Jesus died on the cross for my sin so that I could be saved, eternally forgiven, and God, I'm asking you to save my mind. 
Transform my mind by transforming the way that I think. Forgive me, God, of this junk, this yuck in my mind. We can resist the devil and he will flee from us. I love this prayer to pray every single morning. If you don't do anything else, can you do this for me tomorrow morning? It is Psalm 51.10. It says, create in me a clean heart. Get rid of the yuck, God. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires, ready to please you. So before you even get out of the bed in the morning, Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires, to ready to please you. How do we do that? Very simply, how do we reject those thoughts and how do we demuck the yuck out of our life? Well, remember, we have to detect it. We have to expect it, detect it, reject it, and the last thing we have to do is we have to replace it. We have to replace those lies with the truth found in God's word. It is our offensive weapon the weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which we're going to talk about next week, the Word of God. I love the Word of God. It is our offensive weapon. We go against the enemy with the Word of God. So don't miss next week when we talk about the sword of the Spirit. Colossians 3.2 says, Keep your mind on things above, not on worldly things. What, is, what are the things above? Another translation says treasures of the heavenly realm. It is the scripture, the word of God. Keep your mind focused and renewed by the word of God. A couple of years ago, my, it was on my mom's bucket list to go to this place called Unclaimed Baggage. Has anybody been to Unclaimed Baggage? Nobody, nobody, nobody. Okay, I'm telling you a secret. Let's keep it to ourselves, okay? But it's in Alabama. It's called Unclaimed Baggage, established 1970. So they take baggage, luggage from trains, airplanes, and boats, cars that people travel, and they don't claim their baggage when they get to their destination. Isn't that crazy? So they buy all of that unclaimed baggage, all of that lost luggage, and they sell it. Okay, so you go in there, and I mean, there are treasure droves, so many treasures. I mean, diamond bracelets, beautiful Gucci shoes, Louis Vuitton purses that they are selling, men, aren't you excited? That they are selling. I mean, way below what they are valued at. It's all this unclaimed baggage. Do you know that the Word of God is full of treasure? I mean, full of treasure that is worth more than gold or silver could ever be worth. It is worth the stability, the security of our soul. The Bible is full of promises but they're unclaimed. They're unclaimed. So the enemy wants to keep you 
from claiming the word of God over your life. You know, he wants to keep you confused. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you anxious. He wants to keep you worried. He wants to keep you depressed. He wants to keep you in that cycle of unforgiveness and frustration in your life. And the only way he can do it is if you won't claim what God has given you. You got to claim it. We don't want the enemy going off selling all our treasure. We want to claim it for ourselves that I am able, I am capable, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That my God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that I could ask or even imagine. This is my God and that's what I get to claim. It's mine. I'm not going to let it go unclaimed because I have to replace the lies and I'm going to claim it with the truth of God's word in my life. Anybody with me? You know, it takes a little discipline. It takes a little effort. You know, we don't even have to memorize phone numbers anymore, do we? Anybody got your daughter's phone number memorized? I mean, we don't even have to memorize phone numbers anymore. We can just look it up. What if we memorize the word of God so that we could just speak it out when the enemy throws his lie at us? We can replace that lie with the truth of God's word. Would you start today? Would you start today? Memorize the word of God. Put the word of God in your heart, even if it was just one scripture a day. I'm, excuse me, one scripture a month. I'm so thankful that my parents, come on parents. I'm so thankful that my parents taught me the word of God. Those scriptures that I just quoted to you, many of them, my parents taught me when I was five years old sitting on the bed. What a treasure in my heart and in my mind that I can recall and I can claim as mine. We have to memorize the word of God. Let's teach it to our children. We have a culture and an enemy that is coming against us. The waves of the culture is coming against us. It's pushing all that yuck and that muck up onto the shores of our mind. And we've got to demuck the yuck from our life. We've got to replace it with the word, the truth, and the treasure of God's word that gives us who we are in Christ, the salvation, our identity, and the security of our salvation when we put on the helmet of salvation in our life. I love this scripture. It's, we have to keep our minds set on Christ. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. How many of us are frustrated with the thing that we prayed for instead of being thankful for the child that God gave us we're frustrated we're not thanking God we're frustrated with him right now how about that job that God gave you that you prayed for you're frustrated with it you're not thankful for it you're anxious God gave you that job you prayed for it 
Come on, we got to give all this to God. Thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, we need the peace of God in our life that surpasses all human understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, are you thinking on things that are true? Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, are you thinking pure thoughts? Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, I will believe the report of the Lord, a good report. If there is anything of virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on, meditate on these things. If you want the peace of God to rule and reign in your heart, we've got to meditate on these things. How can we have the mind of Christ? The Bible tells us to, that we should have the mind of Christ. You remember this, the bracelets? We passed them out here before. WWJD, what would Jesus do? How can we have the mind of Christ? What would Jesus think? WWJT, what would Jesus think? What does the mind of Christ look like? I am not living for self. I'm living to serve. That's what Jesus would say, right? That's the mind of Christ. I'm not holding grudges. I'm going to forgive quickly. I'm not managing my sin. I'm going to walk in freedom that God has given to me. I am not alone. How many feel so alone right now? You are not alone. I am a vital part of the family of God. God needs you. He needs me. This is the truth. You are a vital part of the family of God. You are not alone. I'm not looking at people as my problem. I'm looking at people as my purpose. People are our purpose if we're Christians, right? We're about bringing people to Jesus. They are our purpose. We're to walk in love. People are not our problem. People are our purpose. That's a shift in our perspective and our thoughts to think what Jesus would think. I'm not going to give up because I'm just getting started. I'm not giving up. I'm just getting started. I am not a failure. Failure is an event, not a person. I am forgiven. I am not defined by my, fast, by my past. I am defined by my future because I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. So when we fight this battle, that's that song that we sang earlier. When I fight, I fight on my knees. The battle belongs to you, God. I submit, I surrender my life to you. I'm going to expect it. I'm going to detect it. And I'm going to reject the lies of the enemy. And I'm going to replace them. God, but I need your strength. For when I am weak, that's when you can be strong through me. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He is our companion. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So don't get overwhelmed. All you have to do is call upon the Holy Spirit who lives with inside of you. The Bible says to trust in him with all your 
heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Amen? He will direct your path. He will show you the way to go because God is in the business of transforming you and me. He's in the business of salvation. He's in the business of making all things new. Would you pray with me today? Father, thank you so much for your word to us today. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for those that are in need of a new heart today, God. If that is you today, if, you are, if you've never given your life, your heart to Jesus, and you want to make today that moment, it's not a religion, it's about a relationship with Jesus that we talked about just a moment ago with our eyes bowed, or with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you want to raise your hand that you are ready to begin that relationship with Jesus today, you can let me know by raising your hand today. And we pray this prayer with you. Father, we pray for those in the room that want to receive you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior. You can just pray this prayer after me. Father, forgive me for the sin in my life. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. He was buried and he rose again so that I could have life to the full. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I accept the Holy Spirit to come to live and dwell within me. I accept you to be my Lord for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. As our heads are continuing to be bowed and our eyes are closed, and today you just want me to pray for you as I pray over myself that, God, you would continue to transform my mind, that I would put on the helmet of salvation every single day. Would you raise your hand with me? Just raise your hand if you want me to pray that prayer over you today. Father, I pray for those here today that are giving their heart and their mind to you, that you would transform us, Lord. I pray that you would help us to walk in your ways, to recognize the enemy's lies that he sends our way every single day, God. Lord, help us to reject it and replace it with your truth, God. Help us to be transformed in our heart and in our mind, Father. Help us to believe the truth, knowing that the truth will set us free. Help us to walk in victory every single day. Tomorrow morning when we get up out of our bed, Lord, we pray, create us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us so that we can make a difference where you've called us to go, Lord. We love you and we thank you for the helmet of salvation. It is our identity. It is our security in you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.